hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is unfortunately not here. He had to step step away at the last moment, but he, he will be back soon enough to, to, to delve into more of this scariness that he very much prefers not to do, but does anyway. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is uh, something uh, not too different if you've been keeping up, because this is our second horror-themed special in the year 2023. We do these every year. We have a lot of fun horror specials, and this year we have gone international. Last week we talked about South Korean horror films. This week we are heading down under uh, to talk about Australian horror films. And yes, joining me once again to talk Australian horror, we have from the Brandon Peters Show at Why So Blue, he's been framed for kangaroo murder. It's Brandon Peters. Good day, mate. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta keep that going. No? no, absolutely not. It was with a question mark to begin with. So, also joining us, we have a stand-up comedian, and for him, there's no back like the outback, even in the face of death. It's PJ Bayo. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? Doing well, PJ. Welcome to this podcast. Not <laughs> <laughs> much grandiosity to bring to that statement, just <laughs> said, but it, but but welcome, and it all, it's always great to have new guests here um and yeah no looking forward to hearing what you have to offer as far as the 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 conversation involving australian horror is concerned (laughs) something i I constantly prompt to to people just at random just to see how things go uh but no it it, is you you are very welcome to be joining with us it's it's great to have you here look forward to getting into all this this this, uh (laughs) the more of a spooky spooky season of course yeah the season of spooks yeah Um, so we are talking Australian horror. That's the that's the plan for today. There's no show notes because that's not this kind of episode. We're gonna just get right into it. Uh, so I'm gonna just ask the question: When we talk about Australian horror, what comes to mind? Like last week, we talked obviously about South Korean horror and the kind of themes associated with that, or what have you. It's kind of constant stuff. Australian horror, I'd imagine, is a little different. So, like, BJ, I want to start with you. Like, what when you think of Australian horror, are there any ideas or concepts or thoughts that come to mind? Well, when I think of, like, 80s and 90s Australian horror, I think of uh, silly and over the top. Yeah. I I got a lot of a sense that they like people stranded and being tortured in their outback area. <laughs> that seems to be a, a lot. Uh, come up in some kind of fashion in uh from like uh 70s to even now there tends to be sort of that it, it prompts you know easily a low budget production so i mean you can you have the outback somebody lost usually there's a lot of people visiting the outback in some of the like a lot of the movies i i watched here there was an outsider uh engaging in australian or occult culture maybe it was an australian person uh, in a cult culture, and I wanted to 
Should we discern? Because like I watched Australian movies. I did not watch New Zealand horror movies. I, I watched if, yeah. Australian. So I, I mean, I thought about this, but then I was like, there are a lot of New Zealand horror movies. Mm-hmm. So, I, did, so yes. I specifically wanted to keep them separated from each other. If I accidentally crossed over, didn't realize it, I apologize. <laughs> oh man, if an Aussie and a Kiwi got together, they're gonna punch you in the face. I w- <laughs> I will not get mad if somebody from Australia watched a Canadian horror movie and said I watched this United Statesian movie. There you go. I, I'm okay with that. I'm, but, yeah, I specifically stuck to Australian, like when, and I assume you guys are like the same, but like movies that are set in Australia as well, not just Australian filmmakers, which I think is fairly yeah. straightforward. Yeah, you get the vibe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like I hear what you're saying. Like the the outback certainly plays a role in a lot of like these kinds of movies because of just the the isolation of it all and what have you. I think mm-hmm. that, that that's certainly a big part of it. I did a little digging because I frankly just didn't know too much about the Australian film industry. Um, and horror was pretty much non-existent until the 70s. Like, it just mm. wasn't a thing. Uh, yep. part, part of it was because it was mostly banned for like for, from like the 40s to the 60s. You just couldn't have horror movies in the area. Um, I imagine there's like maybe some minor exceptions if you wiggle around with the term horror, but you just didn't have that as a genre. Then the 70s hit and it's like the new wave. So you have, and you have more things yeah. to explore. Osploitation becomes a factor as well. What no, a fun right, word! Right. What, you know, Osploitation. We had ploy, yep. you know, we had ploitation to so many things. That's one of the good ones. I like. I like that's one of the ones that rolls off the tongue. Osploitation. That's fun. Yes. Um, but the uh, the seventies, like you said, Brad, like that's that seems more of like the nature and stuff coming at you or what have you. Where like the eighties, like PG, you kind of mentioned, it gets wackier. Like there's monsters yep. and stuff. Like seventies don't really rely on like werewolves and vampires. Like there's no like movie monsters in those ones they're all like more of the nature but then the mm-hmm. 80s comes along it's like look at all this crazy shit we're throwing at you <laughs> look at all these monsters <laughs> uh so it's it, it it's a neat mix-up to see like okay <laughs> first they get a little it's more art house and then it just much like america kind of devolves is like now let's just give stuff for the kids let's let's throw <laughs> wacky monsters out there right into it yeah i mean without i don't want to like go too far because we just get to the films and talk more about like the stuff that concerns australia to begin with but there is there's one name that i found um as far as like horror kind of getting this resurgence in the 70s uh, anthony i ganane who is very like this big producer who is like involved in a lot of these like horror films in australia he was like a, this like globetrotting guy uh who i guess was just largely responsible for getting so much like you know so much in australia's kind of momentum going in the realm of genre filmmaking which i assume probably plays some of the exploitation. Oh, he he looks like he's responsible for one that I had on my list but didn't get to watching. Mm. Well, maybe I got to watch it. I watched a lot of things <laughs> this yeah. past week to get to this. Um, but yeah. Also, that said movie got announced as, uh, I think, a 4K release this week, too, which was odd. I was like, oh, or maybe just a standard Blu-ray. I can't remember, but I was like, oh, look at that. Timely. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> we'll see what we get to. All right, well, I don't want to delay it too much. Let's just get to our movie so we can kind All of right. get more into this without dancing around the stuff that we have to go into. Uh, Brandon, I want to start with you. What's your oh, first? Oh, me? Yeah, what's, what's the first movie you got on the list here? Hi, I'm going to go with, um, I believe, let me double check the year here. I'm going to go with uh, 1978's The Long Weekend. I just watched this earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting little movie. This is another Outback movie. Another people go camping out in the Outback type movie. Uh, it is, 
I never knew of it until um, I do Blu-ray reviews and stuff for Synapse Films, or try to. They randomly send me stuff, whether I, I have said, I'll review that or not. Uh, but I got it, um, a Blu-ray up for it years ago, and it was an interesting little movie because there's a lot going on beyond the horror that's interesting. It's a, it's the uh, setup is uh, there's this couple that is obviously the love has been lost in this marriage or they are they're together but it's very toxic and bad um they're each having an affair i don't know i couldn't tell if it was with a couple itself or they were just had separate ones separate affairs and they were talking about that couple those two as if they should be they were jawing at each other i feel like separate because then it becomes like, like separate. becomes a hat on a hat at that point. so like <laughs> it, it's clear that the the man of this partnership has um his his affair has gone south and is no longer happening and he's trying to salvage his marriage with his wife uh by taking her on a trip as far away from as possible which is mean getting her away from whoever she's seeing uh and they bicker and stuff and they try to rekindle on this trip uh, and they're a couple of assholes when it comes to how they treat nature along the way, um, hitting animals, killing, like, kill, but like, and then, um, they, they're going to this place, which, uh, that they, they stop for drinks with these towns. People are like, wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and like, well, you don't know of this place. They go to this place and the nature decides to say, fuck these people and, uh, have it at them. So there's some decent gore here. Uh, there's, there's, uh, it's literally just these two people most of the time uh, with uh, animals and birds, all sorts of things attacking them um, to meet their doom. Um, but it's kind of an interesting uh, nature attacks movie. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's my first one. Watching it, my my thought was, what if that scene in Marriage Story where Adam Driver and they're they're fighting in like his shitty apartment, um, but it's also the birds. Like, yes, that, that yeah, was, that's, that was, that's exactly was, this movie. That's perfect. Yeah, that's my there, I mean, I mean, the, someone found a good enough through line of drama to base this horror around, so the movie's interesting when it's not scary. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting enough. I'm not gonna say you're gonna come away like, man, that horror got in the way of that you know, melodrama I was trying to watch, but, um, it's actually, it's, it's pretty interesting. The, the, I don't know if I'm more, um, amused with the restoration they did on the Blu-ray for this, that it looks really nice or, or that it should look crappy and grindhousey that I'm appreciative of the craft on display a bit, uh, in the movie, but nonetheless, uh, long weekend is a, a pretty solid, I, you know, I throw it up with, some of the better uh, 70s nature attacks movies. Sure. Uh, PJ, have you seen that one? Uh, Yes, I have. And there's also a 2008 remake. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have uh, Jamie Blanks, right? Of mm -hmm. uh, Urban Legend. Urban Legend and Valentine guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Starring, uh, dare I say, Jim Caviezel. Oh! (laughs) I I didn't know it's our Jim Caviezel. (laughs) Yes. Summer's uh, star of summer's uh, summer hit, summer hit blockbuster <laughs> hit. Yeah, but I, I always thought it was an interest, in, interesting eco horror movie. Mm. You know, it's like they disrespect the land, and then the land gets back at them. Mm. And then the whole thing with the manatee. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's like a yeah. running thread of <laughs> right. Made me upset every single time I was, I was like, this poor damn creature. <laughs> it's hot there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with this. 
The uh, the poster rules, by the way, like it, it has a great tagline. It's their crime was against nature. Nature found them guilty. That's great. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's a really good tagline. Um, and it's, it's, it's directed by Colin Eggleston, who's done like, he has a, it's quite a number of Australian horror movies under his belt, it looks like. It's, it's one of the notable names I kept seeing come up. Uh, but yeah, a long weekend. I, I quite enjoyed that one too. I thought it was a, a uh, like you said, a solid kind of eco eco horror film. Uh, PJ, what is what is your first film? Uh, well, let's stick it up with the seventies here, nineteen seventy eight. Uh, Patrick, that's the ah. one I didn't get to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Mean... Direct, directed by Richard Franklin, who went on to direct one of the Psycho sequels and Cloak and Dagger and some other stuff. It's basically a, a Carrie ripoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about this kid. He kills his mom and her boyfriend, and then he goes into a. a a catatonic state. Uh, however, he is uh, telekinetic and uh, he's in a hospital and he's being uh, poked and prodded and tested. And then uh, a nurse uh, gets a gets a job at the hospital and he falls in love with her and uh, and uh, telekinesic in- horror ensues. <laughs> <laughs> And it's 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 a slow burn, but it, it's an interesting movie. There was there was also a remake of this too, not too long ago. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not Richard Franklin's best. And is, it, it, is there a sequel to it? I there, there's okay. Like Patrick Let, strikes again or something. Patrick still lives. It still is lives. a. It, it's an Italian. <laughs> it's an Italian horror film in in okay. name only. Oh, I, what, okay. I do own it. It's mostly uh, porn. So, <laughs> yes. telekinetic porn but yeah porn. telekinetic porn well, i didn't get to see patrick yet but uh that's the first one is <laughs> the real one uh and, but it's fascinating so it's it's late 70s but it's telekinesis so it is getting into that kind of like weirder territory as opposed to like relying on scanners like, that type of, yeah yes and it's just a guy laying in bed throughout the whole movie so <laughs> huh I swear there was an announcement about that recently for for Blu-ray, but or a 4K maybe. Maybe it's one of those vinegar syndrome. It, it could be towards the end of the. Okay, so it is coming from oh Indicator overseas. Oh, yeah. the Australian the Australian brand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, is Indicator the which one's the Australian one? There, the, uh, uh, umbrella. Austra- umbrella is Australia. Umbrella is okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other one? What's the what? There's a there's a isn't there another one? It's also an I, isn't it? What is it? Hold on. <laughs> I. Oh, is it Im- like is imp- imprint? Is it imprint? imprint? Yeah, there's that's imprint. It. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah their stuff is super expensive. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you have to ship it from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. actually, I I buy a lot of stuff from an umbre- umbrella. They're, the shipping's not too bad. Hmm. Are you by direct from them? Uh huh. Okay. I usually hope that diabolic carries what they have and that's what i'll go with well it's fitting i also have a a uh, richard franklin film uh for my first film it is road games yep bing uh-huh. that's the one i figured all of us will have seen without a <laughs> uh and that's visual there you yes go. umbrella there it is and that's why i picked it first because i wanted to get i shouldn't talk about road games because uh, this movie is super fun mm-hmm. like, like it's like it's it's a thriller and it has like 
it's disturbing moments or what have you, but it's like a it's like a really fun road movie essentially of Stacey Keach uh, and his dingo, um, <laughs> just uh, essentially trying to transport something in his, in his you know his sixteen wheeler, um, but he can't help but think that he's encountered a serial killer and needs to stop him. And like along the way, he picks up Jamie Lee Curtis as a hitchhiker, who he only refers to as Hitch, despite her telling her his name. Uh, it's just really <laughs> rude of him, but she doesn't do anyway. But uh, but uh, what I, I mean, like it, it's hard to not think of something like Duel with like the roles reversed a bit as far as how the the structure of the film plays out. And obviously, you're throwing in a, a serial killer in there. Um, well, but I get a lot of rear window out of it. Rear, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. it's it's like duels in there, but then it's also like a really Hitchcockian type of movie as yeah. well. And but but just on wheels, uh, which is neat. Like it's a it's like I said, it's a it's very fun. Like that's the thing mm-hmm. that surprised me the most. I was curious how like serious the tone was going to be, and it's certainly like you know it's it takes itself seriously to a point. But like Stacy Keach is great here, like constantly talking to himself and like trying to figure out like the situation he's in um the the kind of the the ways it's able to stretch its plot out i found to be pretty impressive like how you know, it kind of keeps this chase going essentially throughout the film um and like manages to find ways to up the stakes given that you have Jamie Lee Curtis involved and other things um and also it has great music i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. noticed that but i really like the mm-hmm. like it has like real themes throughout the film or whatever that i, I was just like really into it's a uh, brian may of all people mm-hmm. did the music for the yep. movie. Oh, okay <laughs> and so it's like this is great um you know anytime, anytime there's not something thrilling going on you just have like a nice you know an easy theme to like keep you keep you relaxed um so yeah no, I, had, I had a lot of fun of road games uh, i i had not seen like i any of the film? no i hadn't seen any of the films in my, no i saw there's one film I've seen before, but all the films I've chosen on my list are ones that I just, oh you had so you hadn't seen road games. I hadn't seen road games before. Like uh, it was this was like everybody knew about prom night, terror train, the Halloweens, and fog with Jamie the Curse. But this was like the for the longest time this was like the no there's road games too. Like there's this mm-hmm. was kind of on the outskirts, but a lot of people know of it now because like what's a cult movie now even? But we were so aware of all of everything and she's not necessarily um, the lead right? so, no yeah. but i'll tell you what she's got a magical kind of chemistry in this period of her career with like men that are a bit older than her because her and <laughs> yeah. stacy keach and her and tom catkins in the fog mm-hmm. they go pretty good even like a couple you know moments she shares with charles cyphers and halloween like she manages to pop but not even didn't even have to be in a romantic way but she um she really has some good uh push and pull with um dialogue exchanges with them and like she's absolutely terrific in this um it's one of her better performances in this this time yeah in the realm of like these kind of late 70s early 80s horror flicks involving her like i I, like i'm a big terror train fan but i put this right there with it like i thought this is one of the better like you know prom night prom prom night's not really good (laughs) (laughs) uh Uh, i I will say rogan's the lighting is fantastic in this movie for a movie i mean you're they're shooting on the road they're shooting a lot of dark alley it's like really effective I, I really like what he's done with the lighting it doesn't feel like overdone doesn't feel um i mean i don't know it just it really stuck out for me i, I watched it again for this and it really stuck out for me um this time around watching it i was like yeah the lighting's really good at this yeah i love it and it's a very different role for stacy keach too i mean yeah because he usually plays a heavy and he's very light and and likable in this mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's a good point yeah he you're you're rooting for him because he just seems like yeah this guy's just trying to do a job and he gets involved right. in he's, he's, he's more vulnerable than you typically see him that's yeah right because yeah. he has dingo 
He's right. Got, he's got to get that that pig, that pig beat yeah. in the back before he you know, thaws out. <laughs> yeah. And, and Frank was definitely an heir apparent like Hitchcock, you know, like, you know, in the way in a different way than De Palma is um, sort of like his stuff's like, I don't know, his, his stuff's not as obvious, but it's there. Well, that's what I like too. Like this movie, yeah. like it's not that I'm, you know, we'll get to some gory fucking movies in the second year. Like this also, <laughs> <laughs> like, but right. this movie, and it, I mean, it has a share of like brutality, but like it's pretty light on its feet. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. I, like I like Psycho Two quite a bit, also. I mean, yeah, it, Psycho like, Two, yeah, that's the I, movie that everyone doubts, but it's like just watch it. It's and it, pretty and good. I think it's similar. <laughs> or like obviously, you know, it's the '80s as opposed to 1960s, so like it's bloodier by default. It's a sequel right. to Psycho, so that there's a higher body count. Like it's. You know, it it finds had some trappings, but it's like compared to something like like you mentioned De Palma, where that would be you wouldn't need to put exploitation; it'd just be an exploitation movie because it's a Red De Palma. To begin with. This just this just feels like a movie that happens to like have thrilling I mean, aspects to it. I mean, at this point, De Palma's at like he's done like Carrie, and that, that's he's way bloodier than the, this. The Fury, yeah, in the uh, Fury, yeah, the Fury is way bloodier than this. And then when he goes to slasher type stuff with uh, address to kill, it's. Whew pretty bloody when it wants to be bloody yeah there's like a level of restraint here i guess which yep. feels it feels like a hitchcock movie where like you know especially you know especially in the early period the earlier period yep. this was an 80s hit. if hitchcock was making movies in the 80s like this he'd probably be yeah. more like De palma but, but oh right. so, yeah. yeah definitely all right um round one done let's go to the next one brandon what's your next movie all right i'm gonna jump across about 30 years to 2009's The Loved Ones. Ah, okay. From Sean Byrne. And this is a, a one I'd always meant to check, and I watched it for this one. And You hadn't seen it before? No, I what? hadn't. I've always seen the pit, the, the girl with the drill or whatever. And uh-huh. the stuff. I was like, I need to check it out. 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 This was I like ch- a pandemic movie for me at some point. Like I feel like okay. I was just scrolling through my Roku and like one of the channels and it's like, oh yeah, I never watched The Loved Ones. Right. <laughs> Let me casually put this on. <laughs> so this is a messed up little movie that is once again with the uh, love of torturing people in Australia. Um, there's like this guy, there's this kid who's messed up because he got in a car accident with his dad and his dad died. So they're afraid of him driving. And then, um, he's kind of like, he's got problems, but he's kind of an ass. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and then, uh, there's this girl at school that kind of likes him. We get briefly like, Hey, you going to the dance? He's like, Psh. he's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm with her. And then like, he just like leaves and like Misa's girlfriend was like, Oh, you'll never guess who did this. And. Uh, they're going to dance, but he doesn't make it to the dance because he gets nabbed by this girl and her father who take him to their home and they just like torture the shit out of him as they're having their prom dance thing or whatever. And it's why they like it's it's like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner table scene, the movie kind yeah. of. <laughs> and um, it's also it's it's darkly comedic. Uh, the the actress um, who plays the the messed up girl or robin or whatever robin she is the reason alone to watch this because she's outstanding um here with this role and uh, there's like crazy shit they have like all of a sudden revealed they have like people eating people under their house random and then it's just like okay that's it um <laughs> but and there there's this like weird side story with the friend and his girlfriend going to this dance and i all right um i guess we need to cut away from <laughs> take a break from the torture for a bit. Well, you, gotta take, you, gotta have to, you have to show some kind of like 
well, maybe they'll figure it out. And get, yeah. Or else it's just like, this guy, there's nothing that's going to save this person. <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, but man, it, it goes for it. It doesn't hold back at all. It's just like, oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, uh, if you can sit through uh, a lot of like, just a person defenseless getting, not only just like having to sit and witness shit, but having physical harm done to them in brutal ways. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing I like about it is like she's doing all this guy to this guy. She's like, wants to go to the dance with all this, but she's like, doesn't consider him like husband material or anything like that. <laughs> like it's it, like, Oh, you're not going to be my husband or whatever. Uh, like that. So, um, but it's a, yeah, it's a definitely a, a, a fun me, a little mean movie. If that's a weird descriptor, but I would put it, with that category yeah i think it definitely falls under the category of torture porn <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah. i i enjoy the movie a lot i i, I think it's great and mm-hmm. especially with that reveal towards the end with all the other potential dates that yeah ended up in the basement as cannibals but yeah i think the, the movie's wild and i know the director of the follow-up his follow-up was uh the devil's candy yeah oh yeah yeah which I did not like at all. I, I I didn't think that one was very good. It was very slow. But yeah, the loved ones is awesome. Yeah, it, it it's two thousand nine, so it's certainly mm-hmm. like it's after Saw, it's after Hostel have come out and kind of sparked the genre. And like when you, you know, the other thing with Australian films, the Australian horror films, they really take the brutality to heart. I mean, there's other films mm-hmm. we can get to, maybe whether we do or not, or what. But they certainly. They know how to lean into the pain, the pain of it all, and something interesting with the loved ones is something that uh, that uh, Mike Dillon uh, brings up often. When we talk about the Saw movies. He was on last week for South Korean horror. Um, is how the Saw films never tend to go for the genitals. Yeah, like, that, I like, was just listening to your episode. Yeah, I, I was like, no, they never he's, have. He's constantly he, he's brought that up. I think on all three of our Saw episodes. Um, that's just an area they avoid. This movie doesn't. This movie's not afraid to do that. Mm-mm. This movie's not afraid to to get even grislier uh, than one would think, involving a young man tied up and tortured for prom. Hey, saw Saw is classy, okay. okay. <laughs> I they guess don't go so. for those genitals. I guess the down they're, under. They're the asexual torture porn. Come on, they don't go down under like these ones. <laughs> they have Doctor Gordon who has an affair that is not an affair. That doesn't have an so affair. Yeah, that doesn't affair. have an affair. <laughs> Just. A, <laughs> But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the loved ones. It's a, it, it could be a. It, 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 well, t- pair that with the uh, hard candy, right? Put those two yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Watch this second because you have more of a laugh. <laughs> it's just depressing if you watch hard candy and then you're like, oh, that's my evening, I guess. <laughs> Which is was the case for many people. They walked out of the theater. They're like, well, that was fun. <laughs> I guess I'm going home now. <laughs> um, all right, PJ, what's the next one on your list? Okay, uh, I was going to sneak back to the 90s here with uh, Body Melt. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I read about that one. I didn't get a chance to watch that one. Yeah, it, it's 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 a pretty good body horror movie. Uh, it, it's a comedy. It, it's it's a it's a satire on clean living. It's it's crazy. It's over the top. The the, uh, the practical effects are really good. Uh, the story at times is a little hard to follow because it's somewhat disconnected. I, gu- I guess originally it was supposed to be a series of short films, 
but they decided just to make it a feature. Uh, what's the what's the basic idea of this one? Uh, the basic idea is like there's a a a a health spa company that uh, has supplements that are made of toxic waste, <laughs> and so and so after a while of people taking these toxic waste supplements, of course, their bodies start melting. Hmm. And and then there's this whole police investigation, and then the there's a mad scientist who's at the root of it all. And 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 he's nuts as well. The way I'm explaining it is pretty much uh, how it is okay. <laughs> when you're watching it. <laughs> but it's but it's good. It's 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 entertaining. And uh, the the guy who directed it, uh, Philip Brophy. Philip Brophy, yes. Uh, I guess he's a musician. The music in the movie is really good, mm. which he did as well. And. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just crazy over the top, and although it doesn't make much sense, it's it's just fun to watch. It's early '90s and low budget, so I assume the practical yeah. effects are is wild. This, this oh, is like yeah. one one of those where, like, you know, for horror, like back in the day, we have so many classics that were based on the effects were awesome, or there's just one scene, and that's why we have made something like a legendary classic with a lot of things, like. Well, the beast within. There's that transformation scene, but the movie itself is—is is that where body melt would would fall under? Just like, yeah, the effects. They'll sell it for you. Yeah, it's the effects. <laughs> it's it's the really effect. the only reason to watch it is the effects and the music. I like. I'm now just picturing some of the things <laughs> that I've read about. <laughs> um, next film I have. Uh, we're going back to the '80s because it is Razorback. Ah. Um. <laughs> Razorback from uh, was it Russell McCahey. Um, I've been a fan of this film for a while. I saw it in in L.A. at one of the, like the like a special screening. Um, it was at it was at CineFamily before um, it was burned down essentially. <laughs> but um, um, it's about a crazy. It's about a wild pig. It's Jaws with a with a with a wild Razorback mm-hmm. pig, and it, it it delivers exactly what I what I want from that premise. Um. This movie, there's a kind of, it has a darkly comedic streak to it, just as far as you know, it's about a giant pig that's stalking people. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not something you need to take inherently serious, but it does have like a it has a pretty wild setup because essentially, like, a man is framed for murdering his grandson because he blames a pig and nobody believes him. And I can't imagine how that court case goes. I'm also thinking, <laughs> like, so he just killed his grandson and then destroyed his house like for no reason i don't know but like the and i think that's part of the joke it's like it's just so over the top as far as establishing like what the stakes would be and the the way it's able to kind of find more of a narrative by having like more people get attacked by this pig and then it's like oh now we gotta hunt this thing down um i just think it's a fun ride like i, I think it does the job as far as settling you into the outback like it's very much an outback type movie it has some kind of it has a few like kind of fantastical pieces of imagery to kind of get you in the mindset of some of the characters based on them being stuck in the desert, essentially for a lot of the movie, which uh, just adds some kind of interesting flavor to it. And like, they, you know, it's, they know how to shoot the thing. So you're not too focused on like how hokey a giant razorback pig looks. Uh, so it, you know, again, much like jaws, it's able to kind of wrap itself around this premise with, while keeping a level of respectability, um 
but it's a good showcase. I mean, especially for the eighties, it's kind of the mix of the two things we've talked about so far as car with, with the kind of the uh, nature is the, is the threat and being a monster movie at the same time. Um, so there's just, there, there's a lot there that just makes it really work for me. And it's like really quick. I watched it again for the first time in a while and it's like 90 minutes and it just flies by just watching this movie. Hmm. It, uh, <laughs> it's always been a, a, a favorite for me as far as these, as far as like monster movies, but the monsters like a real creature goes, uh, I, I think this one stands pretty strong in the realm of like Jaws knockoffs and what have you. Um, so yeah, those uh, Razor, Razorbacks a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I love that movie as well. I, I love Russell Mulcahy. Yeah, and, and that the movie, I mean, just the visuals alone are are worth watching. I mean, every every shot is is like a a work of art. Yeah, I agree. It really it feels very thought out, despite being like it's only like his second movie or something. And he's I assume he doesn't have too much of a big budget to work with. So it, right. uh, no, he's he's doing the job. And yeah, I, I agree. I think Russell Mulcahy. If I see his name, because it's like you know he's not like a huge director, but when his name pops up in like random things these days, like yeah, all right, I'm interested. <laughs> if you're gonna give me some schlocky movie and he's involved, yeah, it's gonna look good at least, probably. Like the, yeah. the quick the quickening, right, Brandon? That's a... No, no, <laughs> just the first Silander, which I think is I I've in my older age have seen as more an experience of music and film coming together. Um, than I have in the before in the past, but he's got he's got good touches. I did something on my show where he came up. I can't remember why, and and it was obvious that there was some like talent. Uh, might have like been like a television episode or something where I was like, oh well, he or a music. No, oh, he did. Um, this is what it was. Uh, when Scott was on, we did uh pressure the Billy Joel music video. Okay, yeah, it's a cool one, but good. Man, but he's got- he also did a, like a seven ripoff called uh, Resurrection. Yeah. With, mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's not a bad movie. But it, but yeah, it's pretty much a seven ripoff. It's where the serial killer is uh, taking people, pieces of people's bodies to build a, uh, to build Jesus on a cross. Oh, reunites him with uh, Lambert. Yeah. And yeah, Lila yeah, Norser to get, the, get the, the seven fans in. Oh, Lila Norser's in this? Can I see? And David Cronenberg's in it. Oh, good. <laughs> and Rick Fox. We got to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm like, now I'm like, oh, okay. Robert Joy? Oh, boy. This is a. Uh... Well, no, yeah. Okay. Like, um, Brandon, you know, I'm a big fan of like the 90s retro superhero era. And so, like, the Shadows. Right, yeah. The, the Shadows shadow, yeah. one that I really enjoy. And you know how much I dislike. Um, the Resident Evil franchise, but like Extinction's the one where I'm like, yeah, it's not that. Like, it's fine. Like, it yeah. just, it's, it's, well, the most, did. it's the most tolerable for me. He did a handful of Tales from the Crypt ones too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he did some of those back yeah. then. Or at least wrote or did something with them, but I know his name was attached there. So, And he recently did Teen Wolf the movie, so still at it. Still Ooh. doing horror, right? Still in it. <laughs> All right. Well, Razorback, though. I uh, I I think that's a, that's a real fun movie. Um, Brandon, what's the what's the next film on your okay. list? Okay, I'm gonna go to 1980s, uh, early 80s, uh, with uh, 1981 Allison's birthday. Oh, okay. I saw. It's not a happy one. I, I didn't see. I didn't watch it, but I, I saw. It. This kept coming up on like lists I was looking at. This is a this is like a exploitation Rosemary's Baby type thing. Uh, there's this girl named Allison. There's a event 
and her childhood with uh, a Ouija board. Um, but she ends up going to live with her aunt and uncle in this house in the country. And she meets a boy and the aunt and uncle don't like the boy. They don't like him being around a lot. And there's a lot of pressure um, and a lot of disdain. And she invites him to a party that she shouldn't have. And um, they're basically, um, it's a, it's their surprise, a cult um, <laughs> members of this Celtic cult. They aren't even her aunt and uncle, um, but they're able to do their, they're doing stuff to her where they make the the boyfriend um she tells the story of like him like he's been stalking her or something like that so he gets put in jail for a night and they're trying there's this thing on her birthday there's a ritual that's got to happen blah 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 um i don't know how far you want me to go with where this goes you don't need to tell me everything i, but, I, 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 I watched um, this at some point <laughs> It's okay. It's, it's it's okay. Uh it's got its moments and stuff uh and it's a lot of I mean it's very uh in its own exploitation way uh, paced um and set like the slow burn of a rosemary's baby um but you kind of just know like what's up with this what's up? it's not even like there's a lot of it's not intriguing you're just kind of like okay we're not dumb here like it's not playing the audience smart uh but it's kind of and in watching it it's kind of silly in that way and enjoyable um, cause the, the, uh, the attempts of the uncle and aunt do to, uh, make him the, the boyfriend when they have him aside to try to tell him like to fuck off, but he's not. And then trying to tell her to like, eh, maybe he shouldn't come over. Our family's a little weird. Cause there's this big family gathering that they are trying to keep the boyfriend from coming through. And, um, there's all this stuff, but there's a, you know, attempts at violence and stuff like that. But, um. It's got some spooky imagery, um, in only the way in a, only a way like an early '80s and '70s movie can pull off, uh, through their you know lensing and and uh, editing tactics like that. So, um, it's not too bad. This is a solid little like B level movie. Uh, it's pretty short. Um, you know where it's going mostly, and uh, yeah. So if that's your aesthetic, check you can check out Allison's Birthday. It sounds like it's hitting at like the end of when like cult horror was because. Uh, I mean, we're about the... to we're about to get into. Well, I don't know if Australia had a satanic panic like we did in the United States in the 80s, but it feels like it's hitting right as that starts where uh, there was a book around the time called Michelle Remembers, which was a whole load of shit. Uh, but that started making people think that Satanists were living next door to you. And this kind of can play into to that whole ordeal but i don't know if michelle remembers traveled i don't know what the australian climate is on this whole era but it would if this was in the united states i'd 100 percent think it was brought on by that era well it's, it's the i mean as mentioned like horror films just weren't existing before the 70s so it seems like they were just afraid of everything yeah. before right, then, yeah. then, then open the doors and even then similar to like the british rating system it seems like they're pretty they can be, they can come down pretty hard on things depending on the content of them. So like films could get like banned if they just deem it to be too much. Right. But uh, yeah, Allison's birthday. All right. Uh, PJ, do you see, have you seen that one? I have not. That that one's a deep dive, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't dive that deep. Yeah. I was well. I was trying to look for like I, I like a good variety of like what's the classy ones, what's the trash, what's the yeah. you know like just kind of 
jumping around, see what I could I could find. Like last week, Aaron and I both watched a found footage a South Korean horror film, mm-hmm. which was highly touted, and we both found to be like yeah. run run of the mill. <laughs> yeah, this week I, I I focused mainly on like what have I not seen before that I wanted to like talk that just seemed like the most interesting to talk about for my list, except for Razorback because I just I I couldn't I I don't think I could do this episode and not have Razorback come up. Um, BJ, what's what's your next movie? Okay. Well, you can't talk about Australian horror without talking about Wolf Creek. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to tie mine into yours because my next pick is Wolf Creek 2. Okay, (laughs) awesome. So keep going. (laughs) Go on, Wolf Creek. Well, you know, this this is definitely going back to what what Brandon said earlier about the, the, the desolation of the outback and... And it, it this is I, I love this movie. It's it's like it's Crocodile Dundee if he was a serial killer. He oh. even says the line. <laughs> so I I I I watched this movie again because I wasn't a big fan of it back then, stuff like that. And I really like I felt like this. I watched it this time and I was like, this is it feels like it's really inspired from like that Platinum Dunes Texas Chainsaw Massacre type era, but they don't have enough money for a bigger cast. Almost the way the way it plays out, that kind of felt with how they approach the horror with the just the brutal like tying someone up and coming back to them type thing like that. But I felt like I felt like I, I really saw that inspiration. Sort of the look of it has that sh- that platinum dune sheen to it a little. Better editing, but well, it was even a recently a television series. There were two seasons, right? Yeah, wh- the first <laughs> first season better than the second. What's the series? Is it just Mick just riding around killing people? Like, is that, is that the deal? Well, well, the first season is he kills a family, but uh, there's a teenage girl who's left alive. And so the whole series is her trying to track him down for revenge. Oh, okay. Oh, reversal. Yeah, it's pretty is, good. Is it available? Can I, like, find it easily? Uh, I believe it's on Shudder. Oh, well. Well, this one has all the classic machinations of what I was, yeah, what I was talking earlier, where people like Mm -hmm. people from out of town. There's the outback, the strange people, the just untrustworthy, the torture. Like it's all like this is what the Australian bread and butter. It's certainly and like Mick is such a. This is why I have Wolf Creek too. I I was super compelled by Mick. (laughs) I like like this guy um, (laughs) Taylor who introduces himself full name, no Mm -hmm. no shame in it. And is, I mean, he's entirely who he says he is. He just happens to be a murderer. <laughs> and it's and it's brutal. And like you talk about the first film, I'm talking about the second one because I like it more. Like I I, I watched the first one. I I hadn't seen Wolf Creek before. It's the one I always heard about. Uh, references both very brutal and a film that Roger Ebert gave zero stars to. Now, if Roger Ebert was giving zero stars to the movie, that's that makes me want to see it more. I just never got around to see it. <laughs> but watching Wolf Creek is like. Okay, I get it. And I feel like if I saw this in 2005, I'd probably have a stronger opinion on it. I just hadn't seen it until then. So it feels like I've like, you know, there's so much that I've seen in the wake since where it's like, okay, like I get what this is doing. It's just not like, it's not clicking with me in the right kind of way. I respect what it is. I think Greg Greg McLean, um, based on what I've seen from him at this point now, he's very talented. He's very brutal. And seems like he has a touch of misogyny in his all of his movies but um that's that's its own argument but like wolf creek it's fun but in its own like twisted way but then wolf creek i watched the second one is like 
this is more my speed. Like this, it's like, it's like all it, it had, it like ups the ante as far as what Mick's doing. And then it brings in the, like you kind of described up the show and see, or at least there's like this kind of cat and mouse game going on with him and another person that I, I, I just responded to more. I don't know. Something about the, the way it played out, just like excited, got me more excited where Wolf Creek is like, it's depressing. <laughs> it's like I, yeah. I, I, I don't see a good outcome here for anybody. And even in two, I'm like, it's not like I feel like I'm going to feel super positive at the end of it. But it feels like it's more playful. Um, uh, between the two films, like, yeah, all right. Like I, I had, I had just more of a good time. <laughs> if anything, maybe I was just too depressed watching the first one. It's like, well, okay, this. <laughs> even though I was still like willing to be like, well, I should watch this. Even though I'm depressed by this movie, I should definitely watch the sequel. I but I did and I had a good time, I had a good time with it but um yeah, I think Wolf Creek Two is is better oh, okay. it's it, it, it's it's bru- it's more brutal and it's gorier <laughs> it is yeah yeah which I don't know if I was expecting that or not because like well, Wolf Creek's pretty gory but <laughs> yeah it go it goes for it but it is like there's I guess because Mick is just a very charismatic but despite the fact that he's you know a horrible human <laughs> like he's a very charismatic <laughs> presence to have around. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a haunting thing that I found with this time when I was watching uh, Wolf Creek with Mick that he ha- we have a lot of him hanging out with these kids before he tortures them, and I'm almost like one on one end you want to say like oh he's putting on his guys to um to lure and be able to to kill them later, but on the other hand I'm like wait this guy's like psychopath what if he's like just actually enjoying hanging out with these people. It's just like, I just kill them later. But like, I enjoys the conversation, da, 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 da. And that's just whatever and normal and part of him. And there's no remorse about like, well, it sucks. I'm going to have to kill them later. None of that. Just, yeah, we hang out. Da, 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 cool. The people, all right, kill you. Bye. Um, that uh, string you up, kill you, shoot you, torture you. Like, that's scary to me. <laughs> that he would just be like, oh, yeah, hang it out. You know, normal. And then he like kills you. Like, it's not an act. He really does like hanging, but he also likes cutting you up and shooting it, at you. And it's a weird mix because it's like he seems like he. I agree with you. It seems like, like I he, don't think it's a mask that he's trying to lure in. I think he's just himself. I think he enjoys the hang, but he's also like a crazy xenophobe. Like yeah, know, he doesn't. He just he despises anyone that's an outsider that's coming to Australia. So it's like. I, it's it's like it, it's like a racist like befriending somebody and being like, I mean, you're, right. like I like some of your music I guess but also like I just hate you by nature like, right. it's like that's that's right. what that's what Mick is and so it's, but it's like a weird compelling because it's Australian right so you like you just kind of like yeah. brought it you should you should mention to Scott when you see him that you liked Wolf Creek Scott uh, oh, not he a, hated he it. oh he hated it. Because we worked on that when we did uh, QC. We worked on the, the DVD for that. And then yeah. when it came to Blu-ray, because it was a Weinstein title, this is when they Blu-ray was first coming out. And they're like, oh, we can make sounds on the menu when you switch buttons. And theirs was a gunshot. And it was like full blast, obnoxiously loud. Like we had to like fail the disc a bunch of times. It was like. <laughs> Every time you you just move the cursor, it was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, the now, power of Mick. Now, Wolf Creek, pretty big hit for Australia, too. Or like no, it was in, a buzz in, movie. In, it had a lot of buzz here, too. Like in America, yeah. It, it like, it, it's coming after, like, because, like, the 90s, like, mm-hmm. Body Melt's the only film that I heard about that, like, at least, like, did something. And obviously, we talked about the 90s plenty on this show, Brandon, mm-hmm. as far as horror goes and where yep. it's just 
somewhat of a dead zone until Scream kind of moves things around. But like Australia was dead. Like things was just like there's just going nowhere as far as horror films go. And then Wolf Creek came along in what 2005, and it suddenly mm-hmm. like it just hit the right buttons. Probably because it's coming out around the same time as Hostel and Saw and everything. Once again, <laughs> it's like you you think those are brutal, well, right? Check this out. That's not the. Yeah. That's our, I remember the ads being exactly like that. These these this movies. It, this it's just it's nuts. It's uh it's, it's the most brutal thing you'll ever see this year and all that. I remember all the ads emphasizing that. You call that a brutal? Now oh, this is a brutal. <laughs> and I never knew what it was about until I watched it this past week. I I just figured okay, so it's that brutal movie in Australia. I never knew it was like about a very charismatic Australian hurting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that was the premise. I didn't think it was, like, even though it was called Wolf Creek, I was like, I don't think it's a monster movie. I think it's just like a brutality thing, like Texas Chainsaw, which I guess that's, you know, fairly close in that in some way. But uh, no, it, you know, it, it did the job more than I expected because I was like, I, I, I was not expecting the sequel to like be as good as it was. And I'd heard that there was the show and I'm glad I'm, I'm interested in that now. So I'm going to check that out when I, if I ever had a chance. But now that he wants to make a third one and. <laughs> You're gonna buy the shirt now. We'll Wolf see. Creek we'll shirt. see where that goes. I'm curious. <laughs> well, I'll tie in another one since I since Wolf Creek kind of came up there, and because I want to mention this movie, it's the other Greg McLean film, Rogue, which oh, I also okay. yeah, yeah, which yeah. I had also not seen before until this week. And um, this movie rocks. Like <laughs> I really liked Rogue a lot. Um, in the realm of like uh, killer crocodile films, uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, I. I, I'm surprised it didn't like do very well, but I do remember the marketing being like rogue. <laughs> and I, and I, I was like, you know, get it? Like that, that was that was the that was that was all it had. Um I was surprised like how packed with people I recognize it is. It, like it is with it. Like it has Rhonda Mitchell and Michael Vartan as like the and Michael Vartan, of course, right? That's who you go for. That was um, big time back then. Yes. Yeah. I guess like Peter's like peak, and... peak alias. Alias, yeah. Or no, he did. Yeah, he's he not wasn't Cloverfield. It. No, he's not Cloverfield. That's the other guy from. Yeah, but yeah, peak alias time, right? And um, but you have young Sam, younger Sam Worthington in here. You have uh, really young Mia Wasikowska as daughter that says but nothing at all, um, but just acts scared the whole time. Um, and then there's like a few like familiar Australian faces I saw here, but like this movie's fun. Like it, it gets to the point really quickly as far as like there's a, a, a boat tour in Australia. They get stranded, and there's a big ass crocodile coming after them the entire movie, and it also takes no prisoners. Like y- y- you can, <laughs> the order of deaths and the order of things that happen. It's like oh, okay, I did not necessarily think that person would not be in the movie for the rest of the movie at this point. Uh, there's there's a lot of that kind of energy going on, which I appreciate. And um, yeah, no, this like i i'm happy to 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 add this to the the realm of of, of killer croc movies with crawl and among others um, that are just like fun to watch and dig into um it's pretty small scale for an australian kind of movie like it's you know it's set out there but like you're pretty much confined to a pretty narrow space once the characters get trapped um which is kind of interesting because you think of australia and you think of it as this kind of desert environment that's so expansive but this is a movie that's like oh they're in like a canyon and there's a water there's like a island that they can't escape from within a river and then there's some caves or stuff so no i i i i, I really i really enjoyed rogue more than i thought it. greg mclean apparently mm-hmm. uh clean it up for me this week <laughs> uh, filmmaker spotlight yeah 
Are you guys, have you seen Rogue? Are you fans of Rogue? I did. I watched it back then. I, I, I would moderately liked it, but I think me now would enjoy it more if I go back to it. Uh, I never heard of it, but it is now on my radar. No. Yeah. Definitely will check it out. Yeah, the, the reason Wolf Creek 2 took so long was because he made Rogue. <laughs> like, that's, that's the problem. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my Hollywood slash Australian thing for a second. Let me try that out. And then that fails. Uh, like, okay, let me make that second Wolf Creek movie. <laughs> it's now, uh, it, it's, it's now happy because it comes up when people search Rogue One, so they see Rogue there, and they're like, "What exactly. is this? Yeah. Oh, they alligators!" Naturally, watch both. I like to watch things that aren't part of franchises. <laughs> Sam Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said excitedly. <laughs> Although I did say it excited when I saw, it, I was like Sam Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> More jazz than I feel like I needed to be, but like he's fine. Um, well, this movie, this movie is Worthington, Worthington of my watch. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, this is that period where it's like he had to be able to get on the radar people for some reason, and he has a couple of like you know he, he's acting and stuff to be enough of a presence to be like this Worthington guy might have it, and and then he might have the thing. Might have the thing. He <laughs> he might have that Taylor Kitsch magic in him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what's your next film? All right, we're going to jump forward. Okay. And uh, we're going to go 2017. A movie uh, that note of two titles now. Uh, And it's funny because when I was mapping out what I was going to watch in September, it was everywhere as Tarnation. But as we have flipped to October, it's now called Creature Cabin. Okay. It literally <laughs> changed names within <laughs> planning this because I couldn't find it again. And then it was Creature Cabin. So, uh, this movie is by a guy named Daniel Armstrong, who also did a movie called like Sheborg. Um, go on. Yes. Uh, and, and he also has a movie, uh, called Murder Do- Drome. So, uh, this is, interesting because I think this movie dicks around a bit too much and it could be a stronger stronger movie um if it tightened up um it didn't try to be so funny or I don't even know if it was trying to be funny but it's sort of a it wants to be a love letter to like the evil dead uh and also somewhat nigh the demons uh it's uh there's this girl in a band and the band, she's like Lisa here. And then they, they kick her out and like her and her roommates decide, like, she's like, we're going to go to this cabin with my boyfriend and his friend. And we're just going to chill. And the cabin is like haunted shit, but it gets to like, it, it's a possession movie. Um, and the fun, the weird thing is, is, it wants to be like a horror comedy, but it can't, it struggles balancing both. It can be effective at one, but never them together almost. It's okay. weird. It, it, it's a weird tonal thing. Uh, but, but I don't think what helps is it kind of has a, like, of its era, like of 2017, it's kind of got like, it feels like they're shooting with the same cameras as like porn is shooting with. <laughs> so it looks like, am I watching like a porn parody of something? Um, but it's not, um, there are, I mean, there are some weird things that 
uh, like painful things that happen with the possession aspect of it. Um, it's bloody. Um, it gets into that energetic camera kind of thing that like trying to mock a Raimi. Um, it goes psycho with like crazy stuff happening from like walls, things like that. Um, it, it's messing with this one girl who's there's who's there, the main character's sanity because her friends get possessed. One is not possessed, but she thinks might be. And there's this random girl in a wheelchair out there that is, I think, fine. Yeah, it's it's kind of all over the place, a little hard to explain, but it kind of works, and then it kind of doesn't. And I was looking for something new, something trashy, and this this looked like, when I went into it, it was like this looked like an Australian horror movie doing that thing where they're like, oh, let's make it feel like an 80s movie. I was like, okay, let's see their take on doing that whole thing. The uh, the thing that Ty West did so well, and then like Stranger Things gets the credit for, um, uh-huh. you know that type of thing. So I was watching that, and it's 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 here or there. Like it is, it's fascinating, and I think when it works, it really works. And but a lot of the times it doesn't work. So it's like proceed with caution, but don't be afraid of the movie type thing. And it once it gets going. It's okay. It's a lot better, but it takes a while to get going. There's a lot of annoying stuff. Um, oh, there's some Black Sunday shit in here too, by the way. Okay. It's, it's really, yeah, there's some Black Sunday uh, cult in the woods, burning witches type shit going on at times. Uh, but it, it's mainly Evil Dead, uh, possessed friends being like sadistic, uh, so, co- so comedic, they're scary, uh, possessed demon zombie things. Um, there's a part where a woman gets sucked in the floor that's really cool and bloody. <sighs> but yeah, it's a Cabin in the Woods movie. Loves the Evil Dead, somewhat likes Night of the Demons, and then like randomly throws in Black Sunday stuff. Do any characters exclaim Tarnation? Tarnation? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, it yeah it it was it was fascinating. Um. But I, I was also fascinated that it changed titles literally when I was going from planning this to watching it. But um, hey, I, I only found Tarnation just looking it up right now. I haven't found yeah. Creature with a Creature. So cabin. if you're looking, if you're looking for it on streaming, it is now Creature Cabin. But before on streaming, it was Tarnation. <laughs> I think Just Watch might have it still under Tarnation, but when you click the button to watch, it'll come up Creature Cabin. The credits say Creature Cabin. Um. But I had this desire to see it, so I had to figure this stuff out. And boy, did I. So, uh, but yeah, Creature Cabin. That's like the most recent uh, film I watched for this. All right. Tarnation. It's on Prime and Hoopla. Mm-hmm. It was easy. Prime and Hoopla. All right. PJ, what's uh, what's next? Uh, let's go back to Eco Horror 2012 uh, with Bait. Also known as Bait 3D. 3D, yeah. Bait 3D. So, so it's basically uh, uh, Deep Blue Sea in a Costco. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so, like a giant cross grocery store is caught um, in a tsunami. Immediately moves up the queue. <laughs> <laughs> it's written by Mulcahy? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, he's one of eight writers. Eight? They needed eight. Eight, <laughs> eight people. To oh, write a it. movie about sharks in a Costco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is number one now. Hold on. 
but it's it, it's it's actually a fun movie. <laughs> it's I mean you sold me already. <laughs> I mean everybody in the store has to work together to survive. <laughs> 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 and, and there is a little bit of drama before the tsunami, so oh good, it's on Hoopla. I can easily oh, got, watch this. It's, it's got it's got Charney Vincent, so I know they're going to be okay. She can step oh, up, yeah, and gonna... she'll tell the shark that you know sharks breaking in. They ain't got nothing on her. <laughs> wow, sharks! <laughs> I, I need to see it's, this. It's, it's different, you know. I mean. <laughs> So there's some kind of tsunami or something that happens. That, that, that. Right. There's a yeah. There's a tsunami. And, tsunami you know, just flipped the food chain. <laughs> a little bit more believable than Sharknado because. <laughs> right. I like that they had this amazing premise, and they're like, "And it's 3D." Like that. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm not done. It flips over the whiteboard. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am so in for this. I am, yeah. This is, and, and it's not nearly going to live up to what I have it in my mind right now. But I'm so in. <laughs> oh my gosh, this it is has, good. It has Doctor Doom himself, Julian McMahon. Oh, yep. <laughs> Proving that he's still around, even though this movie's what ten years old at this point. But, um... Oh yeah, Hoopla CW is airing it right now. <laughs> All right, I yeah. I am down for this. And this is something we haven't actually got to yet. Sharks, great white sharks, because yes. there's actual presence in Australia around the reef and everything. <laughs> there are a number of like of, of shark of shark horror movies in Australia, which seems a pretty easy setup premise for it. I don't have these on my list, but like the reef and the reef, what stocked, I believe, is the sequel. Those I know there's a couple of mm-hmm. great white themed Australian horror films. Um, yeah, that's just just seems like it makes a lot of sense. This, you know, where they actually are, as opposed to it's like, oh yeah, it's Massachusetts. There's a great white shark, and in Australia, it's like, no, it's just Tuesday for us. We got great yeah. whites all over the place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I am so down to watch bait now. <laughs> you won't be sorry. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> um. All right, what's my next movie? Oh, it's a movie I finally crossed off my of a, on my list, going beyond just horror, but just like movies I should see in general. Picnic and Hanging Rock. Um, somehow oh, okay. I, I, I've not seen Peter Weir's, you know, one of his like classic movies. Um, for for years, I even though I had like the like the big ass Criterion Blu-ray that it has, like, it has like the original novel in it and everything. Um, I I've just yet to watch Picnic and Hanging Rock. And is that secretly why I chose Australia for one of the countries on this list? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but it's certainly a good reason for me to finally watch it. Um, this movie is, uh, ex- as I expected, uh, really great, really great moody atmosphere. It's based on like this true story where these schoolgirls go on like a trip and they go hiking around these like this around the, around the, the this big like rock structure, rock. It's like not a mountain, but like, uh, or, like rock it, face. Does it hang? It does. It hangs. All right, good. Um, and then, like, some of the girls go up really high and disappear. And we have no idea what happened. Um, you kind of have a... You get some clues as far as, like, they all seem to, like, pass out at one point at the top of this thing and then, like, mysteriously wake up. But then they're just, they're just gone. And the rest of the movie just plays out as this kind of investigation as to, like, what happened? What's going on? How's our town being affected by it? 
what happens if we go explore this for ourselves? It asks a lot of questions. It's a movie that being a kind of a 70s mystery story, you can kind of guess that there's going to be a little ambiguity involved in here as opposed to concrete answers. Um, but it's uh, really well done, uh, which I would expect from Peter Weir. Um, I can't emphasize the atmosphere enough. There's just something so like transfixing about the way it's shot and the way it's able to like show this specific area um, that these characters exist in. Um, the, the cinematography just really just captures the right kind of mood and the music as well. Like you just, it's a kind of a, it's very hypnotic in the way it's unfolding its story, what have you. Like it, it does the job. It's very much a, you know, for seventies, it's very much a mood kind of movie. And it just, you know, it has a mystery at its core, but like, you know, I, after a while you kind of get the idea. It's like, yeah, we're not here to like solve something. We're here to just kind of experience what's going on with these people in this kind of set of time. So uh, not surprised that I just really enjoyed this movie as much as I did, but certainly you know one that's uh, worth checking out and on kind of a different spectrum as far as the horror of it all goes, because it's, you know, it's, it's unsettling in its own way, despite being this kind of like transfixing film, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not a, it's not a brutal film by any means or anything like that. It's, it's very much on a different kind of level. Yeah. They actually, there was a, uh, like a, a TV miniseries remake of yep. it not too on, long ago with Natalie, Natalie yeah. Dormer. Yeah. Didn't yeah. watch that. I didn't watch it cause I hadn't seen the movie yet. So I'm like, if I'm going to watch this, I'd rather just watch the, yeah. you know, the thing. It'd be like, what was the other one? What's the, the, um, the proud the Powell and Pressburger movie with the nuns. Um, uh, oh, God. oh, oh, black narcissist, black narcissist. Yeah. Like yeah. FX did like a six part black narcissist miniseries. And I, I have seen black narcissist. I'm like, yeah. What, what could this, what could a miniseries possibly do to, <laughs> to, 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 to recap this story? Mm-hmm. Um, but picking hanger, I mean, especially because it's like based on events. I'm like, I'm actually more curious about that one by comparison. Gotcha. Maybe it's someday when I'm like, yeah, I have six hours to kill. <laughs> we watch this now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, picking a hanger rock. Um, very good. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Brandon, what's uh, what's next? All right, this is my uh, last one, right? Uh, yeah, or number five. But I imagine we'll talk about some after. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a uh, gonna go back to nasty. Um. Gonna go with this movie called Night of Fear. Okay. Um it is uh from nineteen seventy-three, so early seventies. Uh this is uh it was a Terry Burke film. I saw his name come up a lot too. Yeah. Um this isn't even an hour long. Okay. Like it is <laughs> short. Oh, I should have watched this. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'll read the IMDB synopsis just to give you so insane sadistic hermit stalks and captures those who get lost in his part of the woods. A young woman whose car broke down is about to find out what he does with them next. This predates next. this it's predates nasty. Texas Chainsaw, too. This is neat. All right. Yeah, it's brutal. There's like there's no art to this at all. Um, <laughs> this feel, uh, I, if the guy like this, I had to check because I'm like, did the guy who directed this star in it too? And was just like, I'm not that great looking, but I want to score with hot ladies type thing. Wasn't the case, um, but it's ruthless. Um, it's disturbing. It's everything it should be. So I, while I say this sounding like I'm disgusted, 
it's effective. Um, and it's there's there's no it's it's straight to the point. There's no building up a story or anything else. This woman it's fifty start, minutes, I assume. Yeah, so. <laughs> we start with the end of like one one quick case, and then we have this woman who um is picked up, tortured, uh, there's rape in it, um, and then trying to get away through everything. And um this figure, this guy, I mean, I I'll remember this freaking guy who does all this. He's it's a pretty sketchy creepy looking dude he's i mean it's 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 effective it were i mean you really just feel grossed out watching this one and i i mean i watch a lot of horror watch from all kinds of i don't like you know avoid myself from any kind but this one was just kind of like it was just so nasty so cold so like just all i want to do is torture you know when making this movie that it's just like jesus all right <laughs> so what we're doing here today okay um and it's hope it's a movie that's hopeless and yeah um it's very i mean if you're into like you know grindhouse midnight uh you know brutal things like you know it's just probably double up good with one of those classic cannibal films it's not as gory as those but the feelings there so um yeah so if you if you if you're like if you're not sure you want to get into like the cannibal Holocaust, zombie Holocaust, um, though that, you know, those movies, um, check out this one first and then you, you upgrade to those like cannibal movies. Cause this kind of has that vibe of those Italian cannibal movies that this is like, okay, brutal. I, I gotta say hearing about, you know, deep Lucy and Costco that immediately got me excited. You, you kept like talking it down after you started with, with, with night, fear of night, night of fear. Well, I'm gonna say this one. This one of all the movies, I like. This is not for everybody. And I think the two of you could watch it and be like, what the f- "You were overselling how bad that was, Brandon." But I was just like, yeah, "I felt I felt a hair dirty watching this one." Um, but I mean, I'm talking about stuff like Wolf Creek and stuff like that. That I think probably show a bit more violence, show a bit more. Um, like mean, but there's story involved with that. We know who's going there. We just have nameless woman <laughs> driving something. Whoops. Met a guy in the woods. Now she's stuck in a barn and. Okay. So I, I, get, stuff. I get yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch Terry Burke's, um, his film after this, that I think is more well-regarded uh, in, into the damned, um, in Australian mm-hmm. Western horror film. Uh, yeah. not on my list. So I don't want to talk about it too long, but I, um, uh, did anybody said you see Night of Fear, PJ? I have not. Okay. It's both of these are now available on a double feature disc through Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, oh, I saw okay. that when I was yeah, yeah. when I was watching that's yeah, so like when you said the titles like that, okay, <laughs> you know this, but uh but yeah, I he he certainly seems to want to get some ideas across, that's for sure. But um <laughs> I want to explore my dreams. Well, PJ, what's uh, what's next on your list? Um gonna go with the undead okay and i believe this is 2003 or four or later i can't remember but anyway <laughs> hold up in just a second here i can tell you 2003 yeah oh i remember this one yeah i, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, i know yeah, this poster yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, i know i, I yes. worked on this dvd yeah oh this is the spirit brothers movie mm-hmm. oh I, i've seen this yes. i saw yeah, this a yeah. long time everybody ago, yeah this, this yeah. one had some yeah this had some buzz and stuff going back then yeah yeah, it's a zombie movie. Uh but but it's it is also it's a horror sci-fi. Yeah. 
because the the zombieism comes through meteorites crashing into the earth and then it's a group of people getting together and then there's an ash type character who leads them to safety or defends them and all that because he's got an arsenal of weapons <laughs> and uh and there's aliens too uh, but the, the one thing I don't like about it is a lot of, a lot of the, the gore effects are CGI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of CGI gore, but I prefer practical effects, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I totally forgot this movie existed, and I had to see it around laying around every day for like two and a half weeks with the check discs and stuff. And I, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I think oh, – did Anchor Bay put that out here in the U.S. on DVD when it first came on DVD? I know it's a Blu-ray now. I think um, – I believe you're right, actually, because yeah. I think that's how I saw it. I think I rented it. I think it was stuff, a, yeah. you know, our long-live Anchor Bay, um, the original, not the purchased by stars to be purchased by Lionsgate Anchor Bay that is gone. But uh, for what they did for us horror nuts in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, no, I, it's been all I've seen. I've seen this once, and yeah. that's you know almost over twenty years ago, or almost twenty years ago. So it's it's pretty vague. <laughs> but I remember like I kept their names on the Spirits. The Spirits are you know they're big Australian, or at least they're genre Australian directors. Because and the, so every time they made a new movie, I got excited because I was like, well, they show potential. And because I I think Daybreakers is really interesting. That's the vampire one with uh, Ethan yeah. Hawke mm-hmm. and um, Defoe. But then Predestination, I loved. I got really like Predestination. And then they put him onto a uh, to jigsaw, and I was like, "Well, that makes sense. Let's yeah, get him in a saw movie." And and it disappointed. So it's like, well, all right, <laughs> so, never mind. Hey, they they walked so Saw X could run. <laughs> but yeah, no, under, yeah, this poster, I like the second I saw the poster, remember, yeah, the, I, yeah, the poster was everywhere. Yeah, there was this, and there was a what was the the this wasn't Australian, but there was an indie film. That was zombie like with was oh, it Rory Connett, um, just outside your door or something like that. What was it, where he was paranoid in his home, and his wife was outside. She's like trying to get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god. Right outside your door. I think that's what it was. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's literally right outside. Your door. Right outside your door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that was around the same time as this. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me. Because I yeah. I I put the I think the posters are right sick. at your door. Right yeah, at it, your door. Two thousand six. A few years later, yeah. Mary McCormick is the the actress. Okay. Uh, Either she was inside or and he, and he was inside or something like that. But yeah, they both had the gas mask uh, on the yeah. prominently featured on the yeah on the box. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, she was outside. She was outside. And it's like a dirty bomb goes off in L.A. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Cool. There's a lot like that. <laughs> That became a weird genre in itself of like these kind of quarantine type, you know, because obviously we'll, we'll talk about the rec movies in a few weeks here, uh, but and then like quarantine, but then like zombies started coming back over, you know, after 28 days later, Dawn of the Dead. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like a similar area as far as like being infected, right? Right. So, so, zombies getting more popular, kind of, and just kind of like the, the paranoia associated with that and the times America at least was in. I, I get it, but it's a, yeah, undead, God. Right, right. I just have not thought about this. That was a cool, <laughs> like, memory that was like somewhere in my brain. Oh yeah, oh crap, I forgot about that one. <laughs> All right, um, like the the still more we can talk about, but the last one that I have on my list is Wake and Fright. Um, okay, yeah. Um, the uh, I just watched this last night. 
um, uh, 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 friend of the show, uh, Mike Dillon from last week. He uh, he recommend mm-hmm. he recommend he pointed this out. Um, and at first it seemed like it was something obscure, but now every time I look at it, it's like everyone's talking about Wicked Fright. Like it had a whole re-release at the Cannes Film Festival and everything. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's a highly acclaimed movie. Um, and it has like a young skinny Donald Pleasance in it too. So I'm like, well, that's neat. Um, yeah. but uh, this is very much the what you kind of alluded to at the top here, as far mm-hmm. as a uh, person, you know, an outside something of an outsider coming in to the to the outback. Where in this case, it's this kind of middle of the road school teacher who's kind of got roped into a whole situation he just he wants to like basically make money so he can get himself out of it um and it i always love this too whenever it's an australia film it's set in christmas time because it's australia so it's you know (laughs) bottom hemisphere so it's just like it's different for us where it's like oh it's everything hot like it's and and, uh, miserable as far as the weather's concerned even though it's like christmas time uh but so it's his christmas holiday he has to. He's gonna go to Sydney, but he gets sidetracked. He goes to this town that's called that's like the Yabba. And, um, it's it's a uh, Diego Luna. It's the uh, Yabba. The Yabba. The touch Yabba. <laughs> and um, we watch this guy basically just experience like the worst sides of life he can for mm-hmm. like a, a a cool few days here because he gets involved with. Uh, uh, some interesting characters he loses a bunch of money in betting he goes on like uh, kangaroo hunts that, that are so like like they shot like an actual hunt and use that footage for the movie yeah like, so because you're like so I'm watching you're like how do they make this look like like they can't be actually killing kang was like oh they are it's just not it's just footage they've taken it's not our footage by the <laughs> way a week of watching australian horror films I am so tired of seeing kangaroos dying at this point. It's so sad and upsetting. <laughs> I've seen so many kangaroo deaths, whether it's being shot, being run over by cars, being hit by all like like a fucking Wolf Creek too. They're like dingo plowing, abuse, plowing through with these kangaroos. I'm like, good lord, so many kangaroos are dying. <laughs> and, um, yeah, well, they're like, they're considered vermin. Uh, there, like they're. I like, get it. There's yeah. a lot of them. I understand. Yeah. But no, like, they're literally classified as vermin. I hear you. Yeah, but it's like you know, a, a rat. You know, it's a rat. Like whatever. Like a kangaroo. It's like it's a big old thing with a face. Not like I don't. I don't want to see it get murdered constantly. <laughs> I saw a kangaroo, Jack. They're fun. <laughs> but yeah, this guy, um, John, uh, be stuck in the situation. He's dealing with all these people and he's he's dealing with his own kind of existential stress he gets pushed to certain limits you can watch this with like i don't know falling down probably have a good night mm-hmm. um but uh uh this it's it's really good i like i think it's a really really well acted really well made film um uh, i like that it's kind of strides the line between being like full-on exploitation and being like a serious psychological thriller like I think it, it's hitting the kind of between those beats, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, and it's it 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 shows you like what it is to be like just stranded out in like nowhere and like dealing with like the the lack of the society where it's just like just the we're talking about vermin, just the vermin of society <laughs> living in this small town at this point, and mm-hmm. him like dealing with that. I uh, yeah, no, I you know. It, we talk about you know horror films, and this is another one that's more. That's actually interesting too. Like you know, Brand, we've had this talk before mm-hmm. as far as like how you classify horror, and so many think it relies on supernatural or what have you. Like we've talked about all these '70s horror films that 
mm-hmm. do not have anything supernatural whatsoever going on. It is just straight up people being assholes or, you know, the land getting to them. Um, and this would very much is, you know, there's there's no monster here. It's just society in the way it's pushing this guy down that becomes its own sense of horror. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I really liked uh, Wicked Pride. Brandon, you, you just watched it too, right? I, yeah, I, I just got it in because uh, I wanted because Mike recommended it. Um, and I have to say, I was really impressed with this guy, Gary Bond. Um, yeah. The lead in it. Like he's got a like a Peter O'Toole-esque uh present the kind of a look and presence to him but he that's a this is a performance that i mean we should talk about a lot i guess people are talking about wake up right but donald pleasance is quite good here he's spooky as like ugh. like the minute you see him like don't hang out with this man it Just, felt like he uh, showed up and the like, director's like you know what you're doing it's like yeah i got this and like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they do some nasty stuff to this guy. I mean, the influence they have on this guy and like the his like him being stuck is like, yeah. Um, it's a very tense movie. Um, it's 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 horror. Yeah, psychologically, uh, more horror. Um, than like you know, you know, traditional trappings. But it has those elements of us that we talked about Australian horror being some BFE outback. Uh, dangerous people putting someone through hell, torture, um, just pushing pushing them to their limits, and that's where a lot of these horror, like where America, uh, the United States, um, would hold back and stop and try to make craft more story character elements. They don't stop; they keep going um, with a lot of this stuff. Um, they're not afraid to do something nasty to somebody, um, be it narratively or physically in a in a story and this guy gets really pushed like pushed to the limits in this i'm aware uh michael york they wanted to have for this role and, and they got like a clone they though. got a guy that looks <laughs> like michael york because <laughs> <laughs> I, I read that after the fact too because i thought during the movie's like it's got a, like michael like a logan's run mm-hmm. kind of look going on for him it's like oh they actually did want him and then he he refused because of the, the fucking kangaroos he's like i don't want to i don't want to be a part of that like <laughs> they didn't want me in the movie i don't <laughs> want to be with the kangaroo like <laughs> PJ, have you seen uh, *Wake and Fright*? Ah, uh, no, I haven't, but I'm definitely gonna check it out now. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, we were just yeah, because the guy on last week was like, "Hey, you guys gotta do me a favor. We gotta, you guys gotta watch this one." So and it speaks well to Australia as far as like how to make the land mm-hmm. terrifying in itself. Like it does a really good job, and it's uh, directed by uh, Ted Cochief, who, uh, among other things, of course, made uh, *Fun with Dick and Jane*. First mm. Blood, Uncommon Valor, and of course Weekend at Bernie's one. Oh, <laughs> the scariest of them all. <laughs> uh, just looking at it, it's just like this is the most. <laughs> what a mixed career we <laughs> had. Um, but yeah, Wake and Fright. Uh, was happy to happy to check that one out. Um, I don't think we could finish uh, this off without talking about Babadook a little bit. Yeah, um, that that was very much going to be one of Abe's key picks on this list, um, and it's unfortunate that he's not here to talk more about it. But I I am certainly a fan of the Babadook. I've talked about it many times on the show. I had an episode with my mom uh, talking about the Babadook, who was also a big fan of this movie. Um, it, I feel like it's pretty well known at this point. But it's what 2014 horror flick. Uh, director Jennifer Kent, her debut. Is it her debut film? I think it's her debut film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's her debut, and um. 
involves a, a woman and her son. Woman, they're both the, the mother uh, played terrifically by Essie Davis um, is in grief over her husband having passed. Uh, they got in a car crash on the way to the hospital so she could have her son. So there's this kind of interesting tension throughout as far as the boy and his precocious doesn't begin to describe the child in this movie. Um, but, but it's it's very, very much geared towards making him seem irritating and the way it's able to shift the kind of dynamic between them as far as watching this mother, watching her struggle, and then watching the boy come into his own based on the presence of this pop-up storybook that contains the tale of the Babadook and the kind of psychological stress that leads to a manifestation of its own terror. Um, yeah, there's a, there, there's a lot uh, that I, I really, really like about the Babadook and everything it's doing. And I've talked about it plenty in the past and I've been talking a lot already. Uh, I assume you both have seen the Babadook. Uh, PJ, do you have thoughts on the, on the Babadook? Uh, Babadook really bored me. Okay. Too slow. I'm a fan of the Babadook as well, but I, I will say, I feel like this is our point in, uh, I guess, social media culture film discussion where the elevated horror term starts coming into play is probably right with the Babadook. Would you say that, Aaron? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to blame them. And I'm then not... <laughs> retroactively get started placed on other things. But I think Babadook's where that starts coming into play. Yeah, it doesn't make me like the Babadook yeah. less. I just, no, no, I, I'm just I, I saying like... I think it's an unfortunate aspect of it as far as we need to assign yeah. a term because right. the movie did something better um, than for, um, in, yeah. in some people's eyes. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I like a lot of visual stuff with the, the Babadook. Um yeah, it's it's uh definitely um something I I really did enjoy. Um, I have watched it. It's been in a rotation around this time of year, or so uh, every so often for me that I've gone back to. But yeah, it's it's I'm I'm I like the Babadook. Did we talk about it during our Gateway Horror episode? Nope, I don't think so. Because I like it. You know, it could be intense for sure. Like it's, you know, the posters certainly want to put it up. Like it's the most intense film. It's like it's not, but I like. Has your son seen the Babadook? No, I haven't shown the Babadook. I don't know if he if he liked the Babadook. Um, I should show my daughter the Babadook because she likes acts, his style. So she can she can see like, don't be like that kid. Stop acting up. So I mentioned this because like I. It's not a you know it's not a heavy film on the gore or what have mm-hmm. you, but it, like it no. certainly it can be it can be it can be intense except for PJ who finds it very boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I do wonder if that's one where like a young. I really audience... like this PJ guy Brandon brought on and don't like the Babadook. <laughs> oh God, damn it! I do wonder if a younger audience um, that's like you know if, the, if in terms of like first R rated horror movies, I could mm-hmm. see that I could see this playing well enough in that kind of realm. It's got that childhood. Uh, I don't know if they'll. I mean. To follow it's it's very parent focused so i don't know if that would uh, i don't know it's interesting um but my son's already entrenched in horror so i don't know if <laughs> it would you know as gateway but um if that would work but, but yeah, i wouldn't apply it to your kids specifically but i'm just saying in, in a yeah. general sense i could i could see it yeah that. true and i i know you did an episode on it but we should mention talk to me which is the recent phenomenon Mm-hmm. For those yeah. who may not have listened to the Talk to Me episode, just now on Blu-ray, not a 4K or no 4K and Blu-ray. Yes, yeah. 
PJ, do you like talk to me? I love talk to me. Okay. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, what you what you what you what you think of talk to me? Well, I liked it because it was it was it was genuinely eerie for sure. It was creepy. Um, I thought that the story was smart, and, and I, I I love ghost stories, and it wasn't. You know, it wasn't, you know, your your high level horror. <laughs> the, the, the standing up. Yeah. yeah, it was more, you know, mainstream. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was I thought it was really great. Uh, I'd have to say it's probably the best horror movie to ever come out of Australia. Oh, he's crowning it. <laughs> he's crowning it. Uh, I I mean I'd probably rank it pretty high, honestly. Like I'd probably yeah, no, it's I'd rank it fairly high. I mean, there's a lot of movies on this that that, I talked about that I really like, but the the hand, the simple hand, is easily iconic. You know how many people overthink a like prop like that for a horror movie, and that thing's like just this white hand with just what scribblings on it, and it works. Like it's about as iconic as a. this guy right over here, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, I I do like. The thing I like about Talk to Me maybe the most is it wasn't worried about answers. It stayed ambiguous. There wasn't rules. There wasn't this. Sequels will probably start adding that I was stuff. Say, but... You say that, but it's like they are, they've they already shot their prequel and they have a sequel coming. So it's like you're going right. to get a lot of answers, I feel like, in the next couple of years. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. But like, we, while we're here with the first one, where the only thing that's true is this one movie, I like it's scarier to me when you're not explaining things when you're it's mm-hmm. left out there because why does the supernatural have to play by linear rules of our earthly world you know like there's always that thing i always wonder when you know aliens have other planets have to play but they have to play by human rules other dimensions have to live in our space like um because i guess you know you gotta play dumb audience needs to know why things are happening but this movie successfully i think pulls that off without having people asking those questions in a way so I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't gone to see what the film twats have thought about that, but I, you know, this movie has such a positive reaction that I think that worked. That, that's fair. And um, I, I do think the Philippu brothers who have the, the Raka Raka YouTube page that's like super popular, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've watched several of their videos at this point, they're very creative guys. Like I, you know, I would I say like offhand, I need to have more talk to me's, not necessarily, but like mm-hmm. the fact that the fact that they've shown me something with what their style is and what they're able to do and produce and, you know, utilize their innovations with, it makes me at least confident that they'll have something more to say than just, here's another one. Like, I feel right, like- right, yeah. And the movie is itself, mm-hmm. it's a great standalone film. Like, it closes its loop. It is, it holds together on its own, like, really well. Like, that's what, just, I mean, it would have, I don't know how well it would have done had they held off to October rather than August, but it did well enough back yeah it's one of a24's biggest hits yeah at this point yeah and it's the perfect ending for a horror movie mm-hmm. i don't want to yeah. reveal what it is people haven't seen it oh yeah it's I, perfect i i love the final shot of that movie the, the, just the what you get out of that is it's it is it it is perfect it's a it's a, it's a really it, it it nails you i i saw i saw it twice i saw it back in around the one it was at sundays and i saw it with an audience like a few months ago at this point and it just Work both to just nailed me. It's like, yes, this is the, the, the mm-hmm. uh, entirely appropriate way to end this. Anything else? Oh, oh I, I watched um, 
uh, Snowtown, Snowtown, the Snowtown murders. Um, okay. Which, which um, it's Justin Kurtzel's first film. He did like the, um, he's been with Fassbender a couple of times at this point. He did, he did Assassin's Creed, but he also did um, Macbeth. Uh, the very that very stylish Macbeth with that Michael Fassbender in it, but this is his first film. And he did a recent film too called uh, what's it with Caleb Landry Jones? Um, it's about the kid that like shot up a bunch of people with a machine gun, and that's why they don't have guns in Australia anymore. Or at least guns are hmm. widely held back. Uh, what's that one called? That came out like a couple of years, like like last year. What is it? Uh, but Snowtown is another one that's based on true events, and that's another thing that I've found a lot in Australian like horror and thrillers. They mine their own history quite a bit to um to get across some disturbing tales. I mean, even like the Wolf Creek films are inspired by some crazy killers. Um just found it. It was Natram. That's the the other one with Caleb Rainey Jones. Uh but Snowton, it's <laughs> it, like it, it fits into this, like it's a it's a biopic of sorts, but it's also just a disturbing kind of psychodrama mm-hmm. where you have these um Essentially, you have like kids that are that like are brought into the fold with these creepy older men who go on to just murder people, and it very much gave me like a portrait of a serial killer kind of vibe, as far as the kind of the casual nature of their attitudes um, about just being terrible people, regardless of whatever reason bullshit reason they have to justify their actions. It's uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was very heavy. It was one of the first films I watched in preparation for this I'm like oh geez i started off on a pretty heavy note like i should have watched it's gonna fucking, be a long episode i should have watched bait 3d that would have like put me in a better mood <laughs> i would be watching bait 3d like really soon by the yeah, way that's, that's coming up you know, I'm, yeah, that's... I'm stoked for bait 3d this this week will not end without me having seen bait 3d <laughs> i have to go out of town i'm pissed i won't be able to watch bait 3d until i come back i'm mad bait 3d yeah i love it Let's see. There's a couple other ones that I consider talking about, but like Relic, I know it's another recent mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, that one. I, that was on my. I was like, maybe I'll get to that one. I it's that that came out during the pandemic, and it's quite. It's it's got some moves. Uh, I didn't love that movie. I think it it got pretty highly acclaimed at the time, but I, I thought I thought it it, uh, hmm. it has some neat stuff in it for sure. Um, Dead Calm was another oh, one yeah, that's that's course. more that's more thriller yeah, territory I love but, dead calm. Yeah, but dead calm is a lot of fun with crazy with crazy billy zane really against hype for him and uh <laughs> <laughs> and sam neill and nicole kidman uh that's a good one for sure do you guys have any others that you were that you watched in general or just considered uh like there's like some kind of like uh dead end drive-in i i've seen that one mm-hmm. uh watched it before it's kind of mad maxi ish post-apocalyptic uh, kind of weird thing so it's like there's horror stuff in there um gosh what else um i know you're a big upgrade fan do you consider the lee wannell yeah films? is that considered yeah is that considered just a straight up uh, australian film that's why i hesitated i, I was why I, mean, I, was, was like, I was I was I was happy to hear you out if you want to make an argue for it because I know you love Upgrade and obviously the Invisible Man and they're like that's yeah more, Upgrade that's the... was my favorite film of 2018. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my number one. Um, I, that's like science fiction. I don't really. It's like gory sci-fi. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I love that movie a lot, but um, I I really wasn't gonna throw that into horror. Um, there are some horrific things that I guess happen in it, but uh, that's a hell of a movie. It's the uh, everybody called it that year the the real Venom, but 
Um, but I'm on I, a budget. Th- that's more. I mean, I love the the style of that one, and I really like. One uh, L has a lot of Juan's abilities to him too. With uh, the the two love playing with the camera. They're big Evil Dead Sam Raimi nuts, and they and Argento and stuff, and they love a moving camera, which is what I like about uh, them a lot. And they use it. They utilize it in interesting ways. But they both do this weird thing where like a camera is locked on a character and follows that and. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of that in upgrade. And they always, the two of them always impressed me because I feel like they make movies with like a $5 bill, but it looks like it was made for a hundred million dollars. Like they're the best at utilizing whatever money they have. That's what always has impressed me with them from saw to now. Like they still make, they're still, you know, as, as much as Juan makes, you know, Aquaman, he's still making a malignant here and there where it's like that movie probably didn't cost, a hell of a lot of money and but even like aquaman in a realm where we're seeing so many hundred million dollar movies that do not look very good aquaman looks like the fucking kitchen sink got remodeled during the making of the movie so he can throw right it right like, no no and even when he had yeah when he has all the money it's it's getting you know you don't question whether he's using it all so there there is that with him as well um but i i really like what those guys yeah do with their money and and just enjoy even even at when they're not great i'm still fascinated i guess with their their tech so that one um and there's there's a uh, there's a d wallace one called red christmas that she was in it's uh eh, not great so i didn't bring it to the table (laughs) well i i got one it's not really horror it's fair game oh okay yeah fair fair game is it's pretty much like uh I spit on your grave meets Mad Max, but if it was made by Disney, despite the nudity. There you go. <laughs> so basically what it is, is it's a woman. She's an animal uh, rights activist, and she goes against uh, these poachers who are poaching. What are they poaching? Kangaroos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and so there's there's... I mean, it 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 has got you know, it's sort of built like you know a sexual assault revenge movie, except there is no sexual assault. Uh, they just harass her to the point where she they have a pickup truck that looks like something out of Mad Max, mm. and there's a point where they they tie her naked to the top of the truck and drive her around, mm. and then and then after that it's war, and then she gets her revenge. Uh, but it's a fun little movie. But not really horror, so that's yeah. why I didn't bring it. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I've mentioned everything I wanted to mention this week, and we got a good sizable list here. I made sure to write them down this time first, so I could. Oh yeah. Put them in the show notes. Um, but great. No, we've talked a lot about a very variety of Australian horror films, and there's plenty that I have not seen yet that certainly sound intriguing to me. Obviously, Bait 3D is what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but no, thank you guys. Thank you, PJ, for joining us, uh, for uh, throwing in your two cents and all this stuff. Yeah, and, it was fun. Yeah, and Brandon, thank you as well, of course, for mm-hmm. coming in with your, your picks. I, I, I'd like to think we covered a lot of ground here. because We did, all these, yeah. Leave all these different titles is just a variety of stuff as far as like the kinds of horror movies they have from from crazy body horror movies to psychological thrillers to monster movies so um it's not like we're trying to put australia to the test of what they got but certainly shows that there's a lot there so it's yeah. a lot to explore <laughs> um and all again 
very very available like i was able to find all of these very easily like this is not a hard mm -hmm. hard for me to to locate the homes i need to look, find um well cool well that's it that's going to do it for this week's uh bonus episode of out now with internet name you can find more of my work my personal blog the code is eek.com everything i do ends up over there i write for leave entertainment for movie reviews and wise of blue for blu-ray and criteria interviews and i'm on twitter at aaron's ps4 brandon peters where can people find more of you uh, social media at Brandon4KUHD, which includes X. Never gets old. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Instagram, um, uh, thebrandonpetershow.com. Uh, I mentioned I was I had my dates off. My uh, the, the next episode of my show after this drops is is the uh, Geraldo Rivera uh, Devil okay. Worship episode with Trey Crawford and I picking picking up our <laughs> picking up on our products of the Panic series, which you must uh, we we enjoy doing. Um, and then uh, I'll be at Doctoberfest. Um, come see me there if you're around. Uh, it's a Doctor Who convention. Um, I'm a guest there, but I'll be doing some coverage and interviews and stuff with uh, the guests and stuff there. Um, that's on October 21st. And let's see. Uh, and then, of course, everything uh, live podcast, Asia podcast awards at popcon.us. All right. PJ Bay, where can people find more of you online? Oh, well, you can find me on Instagram at PJ Bayo. You can also find me every Friday night at Flappers Comedy Club. Right. And I'm also in a documentary called uh, In Search of All-American Massacre, the Lost Texas Chainsaw Film, which is about a uh, spinoff sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 that was being made by Toby Hooper's son, Tony. And it's available on Amazon and Hulu. Uh, not Hulu, Tubi. Very cool. I've uh, link to that in the show notes. That's the Bill Mosley one, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. He's in it too. Yeah, he's Chop Top. Yep. So and Buckethead about... is Leatherface. Yeah. And so it's like a <laughs> spinoff of that, just more of them. Yeah, it's, yep. it's supposed to be like uh, the origin story of Chop Top. Oh boy. I'm into yeah. this already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Outnow Third Name on iTunes, Audio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at Uh Follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, iTunes reads ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. And um, next week, we were talking Japan. We're going for Japanese horror, which is... <laughs> I'm already dreading having to watch several of these films in a row and then go to <laughs> sleep at night, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, should be a lot of fun, as all these are. Once again, thank you, PJ. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me for this Australian horror episode. And thank you. And uh, that's going to do it for this one. So until next time, so long and goodbye. <laughs>